Well, good morning again. How's everyone doing? Oh, come on. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Don't tell me after those songs you're not awake this morning, right? Praise God. Come on, let's praise God. Let's be awake this morning as we worship, right? Those songs should get you excited about Jesus and who he is. I'm so glad to be here. If you can open up your Bibles at Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, beginning of verse 5. I've got this one-off message this morning that's been on my heart to share with you. That God never changes. We've just began a new year. With the new year brings excitement and also can bring stress. Transition to a new year. 2024, can you believe it? 2024. And many times a new year can bring anxieties and fears. But as we as followers of Jesus, we know that our peace is found in a relationship with God and his unchanging nature. And, know, and the promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen? And so we know this. Today I want to look into God's word and I want to encourage you. But let me ask you a question. How are you doing with the transitions in your life? The transitions that you're going through. And some of the transitions you may find yourself in your career, maybe loss of a job or, or starting a new job, a new position, or looking for a new job. Maybe in your education, graduation from high school and you're starting college in the fall or, or you're graduating from college and now you're looking for a new job, you're gonna be starting a new job. Maybe transition and finding, finding your calling. And some of you may be asking, God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Maybe a transition in relationship. Maybe you've lost a loved one and you're transitioning in that. Maybe transition to retirement. Transition to become empty nesters. Transition to moving out of your parents' home and to your own place. Transition, uh, it's an election year, so maybe a transition to new leadership in Washington and all that. It's a new year, 2024, so transition to a new year. We who are in Christ or followers of Jesus, we should do well with transition because we have the Word of God, amen? And in His Word is full of wisdom, how we can navigate through the seasons of life in transitions as well. See, the Bible is a book of movements. It's, it's constantly moving through redemptive history. Where scripture records got God's redemptive work throughout history, from Adam to Abraham, from Israel as nomadic people, from Israel as established people in their own nation, from Jesus the apostles to, to post-apostolic age in the early church. God is constantly on the move, and he's inviting his people to be on the move with him. Though change is constant, so is his, his comfort that he gives us, because his nature is unchanging. And today I want to look at a passage of scripture, an example of that from the book of Joshua. I've, I've taught on this passage before, but in a different way. But Joshua chapter 1 records one of the most significant transitions in all the scripture, really in all redemptive history. Joshua is a continuation of the story that began in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, or what someone called the Torah, which literally means instruction, was, was the law of Moses. But there's a narrative, how God formed Israel out of a family and into a nation. And he uses an incredible leader called Moses. Moses was an extraordinary leader. He, Israel saw not only them established as a nation, but they saw how God did so many miracles through Moses. At the end of De the book of Deuteronomy, Moses is dead. And so uh, I can only imagine the unsettling that would be to the children of Israel, the man who led them out of the bondage of Egypt. But all those years is now gone. We begin Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is the appointed leader. And as if God is saying, Moses is gone, but I'm still here. And he's saying, Joshua and Israel, look to me. And I believe as you and I look to God, we will discover that through the transitions in our lives, the different seasons that come, that he is the same God. We sing about that this morning, right? 
How many of you praise God for that, that he's the same God? No matter what happens, God is still on the throne. God has not changed, and he's the same God. No matter if it's a new year, a new season, God is on the throne, and he's the same God. We can go into a new season and have confidence. We can go into a new year with confidence because new seasons doesn't mean our God has changed at all. He is this new, it's a new year, but he is the same, same God. It's good to know that he's constant, right? He's the same God. Let's begin reading in Joshua chapter 1. Uh, beginning of uh, verse 5, in the middle of verse 5. But the big idea of the message today is Joshua and Israel could be confident and courageous because God was in control. And you and I can be confident and courageous of our future because we know who's in control of our future. Who's in control? God is in control, right? So we can be confident. Uh, let's start reading in beginning of the uh, middle of verse 5 down through verse 9. And God says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You can see the main point that he's getting across here. That God is trying to reassure a new leader and the people that during transition, that God's presence is with them. And God is challenging them. And he's comforting them. And the way he's challenged them in their fears is by reminding them of his unchanging nature. God is saying, those seasons have changed. Years change. Transitions happens in life. God remains the same, is what he's telling them. God remains the same. So there are three unchanging truths that are found in these verses that I want to share with you this morning. I pray that there will be anchors for you in your life because guess what? Change is a part of life. Transitions are a part of life. And some of you are old enough to know that. And some of you are young and maybe a little naive. And you think the good times last forever, right? The sweet things in life just last forever. But the fact of the matter is there's different chapters and there's different seasons in life. And jobs change, relationships change, geography changes, our bodies change, right? So you better have something that anchors your soul. And my prayer today, that you're anchored to be in the unchanging nature of our great God. That's where you find your constant. That's what you focus on. That's what you fix your eyes upon is upon him. And that's my prayer. So three things that God says are unchanging. The fact, the, the first unchanging truth that he kind of really drives home to Joshua and to Israel and also to us is, is this. God's presence is unchanging. His presence is unchanging. Let's read the second part of verse 5 again. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This echoes the title that he was given for him in the New Testament. The title Emmanuel. Emmanuel literally means, what does it mean? God with us, right? But I want you to personalize that. God is with me. That if, if I put my faith and trust in him, particularly Jesus, he will never leave me or forsake me. That's what he says. No matter where I go, no matter how far I run, God's hand is upon me. And praise God that our salvation and our sanctification, our preservation, is not based upon our own deeds or our own good works or our own performance. This is the gospel in its essence for all of its glory, that we understand this. 
the God who knows all things, an all-knowing God who's omniscient, he chose me before the foundation of the earth was ever created. He regenerated me that I might put my faith and my trust in him, and now I can be confident. Because I did nothing to earn my salvation, I can't lose it. My salvation is not kept by me. Praise God for that, right? Praise him for that. Because if my salvation was kept by me, in other words, if God saves me by his grace, and God says, now, Doug, it's all up to you to keep it, I'd lose it the next moment. Because as soon as I sin, I'd lose my salvation. So praise God that my salvation is kept by Jesus, fully by him, and not kept by me. He died on the cross for all of my sins, the Bible says, all my past, all my present, and all my future sins. He bled and died for my salvation. So my salvation is kept by Jesus, finished work upon the cross, and not by me. We should praise God every day for that, right? So my confidence for my present and my future state is in the unchanging nature of God in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Not by me, but upon him. And that's what we fix our eyes upon, amen? That's what's so important. That's what he's getting across. And so he repeats in verse 9, which is our memory verse, he says, I have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be, will be with you wherever you go. Why would he bring that up if they weren't struggling with it? God knows that we struggle. God knows the seasons of change that we go through, transitions, bring insecurity in our life. It produces and invokes the concern and, and wonder and worry. God, where are you in this? God, what are you doing, right? We ask that. Let's be honest. We ask that. We look around and change happens. God, what are you doing? Where are you? How are you going to help me? And God was reminding Joshua, he says, I am with you. I am with you. In the Hebrew, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that phrase that he uses gives us a beautiful word picture that literally means, all together with, I will not drop. But think about that. All together with, I will not drop. What he was saying to Joshua and to, and to Israel, that I'm all together with you and I will not drop you. It's a wonderful promise. I am all together with you and I will not drop you. Many times if someone's going to, teach someone how to swim, they go in the water and they bring the child in the water, or their, their child, and they lay them flat in the water and they put their arms underneath them or say, start to do the swimming motions because I've got you. I'm not going to drop you, right? And that's what God was saying to Joshua and Israel. Joshua and Israel, I've got you. I'm not going to drop you. I'm all together with you and I'm not going to drop you. And guess what? God said the same thing to you and I, that I'm all together with you and I'm not going to drop you. Maybe in disappointment, Maybe during the transition and different seasons in our lives that we're going through, maybe in the loss of a loved one, maybe even some medical condition, God is saying to you, I'm all together with you, and I will not drop you. That's my promise. I'm all together with you always, wherever you go, and I'm never going to drop you. God is saying that to Joshua and Israel. He's saying that to them. And that the leadership transition between Moses and Joshua will change some things, but it didn't change the most important thing of God's presence with them. And his arms were strong enough to keep them wherever they go. And guess what? The same thing is true for us, that God's arms are strong enough to keep us wherever we go. Seasons may change, jobs may change, relationships may change, but God is all together with you, and he will not drop you. How many can praise God for that this morning? To understand that wonderful, amazing truth. I better get more amens. To understand, he's with you every moment of the day. And he promises, 
I will never drop you. We don't have to worry about it because I've got you. You're not going to fall. I will not drop you. How many praise God for that this morning? To know that truth, amen? Amen, that we know that and understand that. God was taking, uh, leading Israel on a journey is what he was doing. And the next truth he wanted to remember, not only was his presence unchanging, but the second thing, that God's purpose is unchanging. His purpose is unchanging. Let's read verse 6. He says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. In other words, what he was saying to Joshua, you're going to complete the mission I started with Moses, is what he was saying. Moses was on a mission to establish the people of God, the young Hebrew nation Israel, in the promised land for God's glory. So that they might be, and this is very important for us, so they might be a testimony of the greatness and glory of Yahweh, and they might be an evangelistic witness to the surrounding nations. Now, in similar fashion, that's why he called the church together, to come together in this covenant community in these places called cities and nations so that you and I might be a testimony of his greatness and his glory and so we might be an evangelistic witness to the surrounding community. If I could personalize this, that's what God has called each of one of you, you and me also in our own lives. God has called you that you might be a testimony of his greatness that wherever you go that you might be a testimony of God's greatness and his glory to all and secondly, that you might be an evangelistic witness to a watching world, especially to those who don't know the freedom and salvation and the healing that come in Jesus Christ, that they might understand that. That's what God has called us to. That's what he wants. And this was the purpose for them, and his purpose had not changed for them. That's what God was telling them. God's purpose in Moses was established. His purpose for Joshua was established. God's purpose for Israel had not changed, even though leadership had changed there. As if God was saying the leadership had changed between Moses and, and Joshua didn't change their purpose at all. And guess what? The changes in your life, that come in your life, in your career, in your retirement, in your calling, in your close relationships, in your transitions in life, don't change God's purpose for you. What is God's purpose for you? You are still called to testify to the greatness and glory of your God wherever you go, and you're still called to be an evangelistic witness to all. That's what we're called to do. Listen, I understand that when things change in your life, they can become very unsettling. We don't like change, especially when you get older, you don't like change, do you? It's difficult to change. It really is. And we begin to ask ourselves, God, what is my purpose now in this new season? You know, I knew back then when things were familiar in those familiar settings, I knew where I was and what I was supposed to do. But now, God, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Let's go back to the basic. What are we called to do? And I want to remind you this so you don't forget it. To testify to God's greatness and glory and to be an evangelistic witness for Jesus wherever we go. That has totally, totally unchanged. You know, that's the one thing you can be sure of that God's purpose for your life has not changed, regardless of external changes, regardless of external circumstance, what happens in your life, that has not changed at all. Still same purpose. Many people go to financial advisors to develop an estate plan. Maybe you've done that. And one of the key elements in an estate plan is the will, your final will and testament. And it's two, it establishes two things. One, how you want your assets or your possessions to be divided. The second thing it does is how you want those possessions to be used. Many times the motivation for a will is the, the continuity of purpose is what they want. It's a person to be able to say, I don't want my purposes 
of my resources be compromised just because the situation has changed. And sometimes people put clauses in their will, especially if they're very wealthy, to make sure that those who inherited their resources don't use them for things that they wouldn't be involved in or things they wouldn't agree with. And what they were saying is this, I don't want the changes in my life uh, to change the purposes and plans that I have for my resources. And that's exactly what God was saying to Joshua and Israel. He says, though Moses has died, he says, I put my purpose in my will. This is God's will, his word of God. And he says, I don't want you to be confused how I want you to utilize my resources. I don't want you to be confused at all. What are the resources that God had given to Israel? He had given them his presence. He had given them the law, which is the word of God, which we have. And he's given them his favor. How are they supposed to use them? Go back to the basic. They were to use them to testify to the greatness and glory of our God. And they were used to be evangelistic witnesses for him. That's how they would use him. The vision and purpose of our church, Crossroads Community Church, wasn't established by me or the elders. It was established a long time ago when Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That has not changed. That Great Commission is just as relevant today as it was when Jesus spoke it way back then, almost 2,000 years ago. Amen? It's just as relevant. It has not changed. doesn't matter what transitions come into your life. doesn't matter at all. In our personal lives and in our church, it's unchanging. The way we express it here at Crossroads, if you could take your bulletin out, if you're taking outlines, you just got to turn it over. Look at the bottom there. The way you express it here at Crossroads, we want to help people know Christ, grow in Christ, and reach others for Christ. That's what we want to do. And we want to do that until Christ comes back or for his glory, eh? So for eternity, we want to do that, right? And listen, seasons change. Geography changes. Relationships change. Things in your life may change, but God's purpose for your life is unchanging. doesn't matter what happens. And we can rest in that. We can be sure of that, that God's purpose for you, no matter what season you are in your life, no matter what transition going on in your life, it is unchanging. God's purpose remains the same. You remember what it is? We're to testify to God's greatness and his glory and be evangelistic witnesses for him. That's unchanging. That's always, guys. As long as we're here on this earth, that's always. That's our, our purpose. That's what God has called us to do. He did it for Israel way back then, and it's the same for us. That's what we're called to do. The third truth, not only is his presence unchanging, not only is his purpose unchanging, but is God's promises are unchanging, his promises. Let's read verse 7 and 8. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I like verse 7 because God ties their blessings, not to external things, but to their faithfulness to keep his word is what he's saying their blessing was not found in finding occurring some blessing in some government or some external nation or some tribe of people no it was totally based on their faithfulness of obeying god's word that's what he says god warns them don't go to the right don't go to the left know the words don't deviate do not sin is what he's saying don't sin because this is an if-then promise 
if-then promises or if-then clauses that we find throughout Scripture, especially with the promises of God, means that if you do this, then you will receive this. If you do this, you will receive this. In this particular passage, the if clause is, or the if promise is, if you obey God's word. If you obey God's word, then you will be blessed. You get that? If you obey God's word, God says, then you will be blessed. How many get excited about that? Just a couple of you get it. Let me tell you why you should get excited. Everyone should be, yes, yes, you should be excited. Let me tell you why you should be excited. Because God does not leave the promise of your blessing in the hands of external forces. Listen, praise God for governments, but they may change, right? They can let us down. Praise God for corporations and companies, but they can let us down from time to time. Praise God for family and friends, but as much as they love you, they're not perfect and they may fail you. And if your blessing was based or predicated upon them, you have every reason to be insecure and fearful today, if it is. But even if your mother and father forsakes you, even if the worst happens and loss of a loved one, you lose your job, even if the government disappoints you, the Bible says, I obey God's word, he promises it's unchanging. It was true for Israel back then, and it's true for us today. If we keep God's word, we will be blessed, is what it says. Now, let me say, that I'm not talking about salvation. Our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins and bled and died for our past, present, and future sins. So our salvation is secure in Christ. We will not lose that because it's based upon him, not on me. Praise God for that. So it's constant and secure. It's in its unchanging nature and its character in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. So I cannot, cannot lose that. That's based upon Jesus and his finished work and not on me. What I'm talking about here is after I come to Christ, my blessings here on this earth are based, based upon your actions. How faithful you keep God's word. If I expect that I'm going to do my own thing and not obey God and God's going to bless me, he won't. If I think I can do my own will and not God's will and expect God bless me in doing this, he won't. God is going to bless you doing his will. That's what he wants. Is your his will to be done in your life. Over the years... I've had occasions to do funerals for people who lost mom and dads and loved ones. And some of you have experienced that. And it doesn't matter how old you are, nothing can prepare you for a loss of a mom or dad or a parent, can it? Or a loved one. And in those moments, what I've tried to communicate to people as best way I can is as much as your mom and dad loved you, as much as they love you, I want you to know that it was really Christ loving you through them. It really was. It was really God loving you through them. They were instruments joyful, willful instruments of his grace and his love, but it was God loving you through them. It was really was. It's God loving you through them. He gave your parents to love you through them. And the reason that is comforting to me, because let's face it, because mothers and fathers do come and go. People do come and go. Friends do come and go. But yet God remains the same. Amen? God remains the same. It was him loving me through them then I can find comfort in his love that is unchanging, and it's always, always with me. See, that's the promise of God. He says that I am the source of your blessing, that I am the source of your provision. That's what he's saying. He wants us to understand. That's what he was saying to Joshua and Israel, and that's what he says to us today. God is saying, look to me in everything, in every area of your life. When they, other things fall, or when you lose it, or things fall apart, and we can't be joyful in the midst of change and transition. And yet many times it reveals that we're not fully trusting in God in our lives. We want to encourage you and challenge you this year that through the transition, 
through the different seasons that's going to happen in this life. You and I don't know what's coming. Through this new year in 2024, that you would certainly trust Jesus this year. That you would put your full and trust him in him, knowing that he says to you, I will always with you, and I will not drop you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he says that when he says, I am always with you, and I will not drop you. That's his promise to you and I. No matter what we're going through this year, we have to remember that. Because we don't know what the rest of this year holds for any of us. We don't know what finances. We don't know what medical. We don't know loss of loved ones. We don't know jobs. We don't know any of those things. And so we have to know that God is all together with us, and he will not drop us. Amen? In verse 8, he reiterates what he says in verse 7. He says it again. He repeats it. And whenever God is redundant, it's not because of old age or because God is forgetful. It's for emphatic purpose. So he tells them in verse 8, Do not let this book of the law, the word of God, depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Again, he reiterates, If you keep my word, then... You will be prosperous and successful, right? But it's obedience to God's word that comes first. We want all that prosperous and success to come. And God said, but there's a clause. If you keep my word. And it doesn't mean material blessings many times, guys. It can, but it's spiritual. God promises, I, I will bless your life and all those kind of things. I don't want you to miss the word law here because it's really important what it's saying here. Because the purpose of law, the reason we have laws today is laws transcend person and personalities, right? Uh, a law supersedes a person and personalities. So we put laws in place. So when people go, those things that we want to preserve can remain. They can stay there. The problem with earthly laws is what happens is that they're in jeopardy when changes in human administrations happen, right? One administration establishes a law, whether for better or for worse, and another administration comes in and they change that law. Not so with the law of God. Listen, our God was unelected, and he's unimpeachable. Amen for that. Praise God for that, right? He cannot be thrown out of office. He's there. He's there. No one appointed him. He is the one, right? And he's not subject to human administration. He's not subject to change in human leadership. Human leaders may come and go, but God's law remains forever. God's word remains forever. Amen? Intact, unthreatened, unjeopardized. It's not going to change. It's sure and unchanging. So you and I can put our trust and our faith in God and his word. Amen? That's what he wants. He wants us to know it does not change. It will not change 100,000 years from now. God's word will remain the same is what he's saying to us. So here's the thing. Why, why did he create laws? So they could supersede person and personalities. Moses, he, he, he communicated the law. Joshua got a chance to reiterate the law. The uh, prophets did the same. And the New Testament builds upon the foundation of the truth that was established in the first five books of the Bible. But it's all God's word. It's all God's law, and it's unchanging. So our confidence is in God in his word, in his unchanging nature, in his unchanging character. So where does that leave us? It leaves us with this, very easy. It leaves us with the reality that life is constantly filled with change, right? Life is constantly filled with movement all the time. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be dismayed. Why? Because it's a new season. It's a new year, but it's the same, same God. That's what we focus on. Nothing's changed. God is still on the throne. And he lets us know his presence is unchanging, his purpose is unchanging, and his 
promises are unchanging. Praise God for that. How many can praise him for that, that those are unchanging? And so we can go through this year, no matter what comes in our life, to realize the same God. God has us, and he promises, I will not drop you. I have you through the storms. I have you through whatever you're going through, that I will not drop you. I'm all together with you, and I will not drop you. If you don't know Jesus Christ yet as your Savior, you have every reason to feel insecure. Matter of fact, if you don't know Jesus, you should feel unsettled this morning because I don't know how you navigate in this fallen world without Jesus as your anchor. I don't know how you do it. But the good news is that you can know him today. Please listen to me. Let's start off with a great year for every one of us. Uh, all of us are sinners. Everyone in this room is a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners, right? We've sinned, and we, will, we don't want to, but we will sin in the future. And because we're sinners, we're sinners by nature, uh, it separates us from God because God is, is not sin. He's never sinned. He's perfect, holy, and just, and righteous in all his ways. So there's a big gap between us and God. We're separated from God, and we can't approach a holy, just, righteous, sinless, perfect God. We can't approach him. And there's nothing we can do about it. We're stuck. We're helpless and hopeless in our condition. And God knows that. So God sent his son from heaven, Jesus, who's the son of God, who's God, and he comes down to this earth, and he comes as a form of a little baby in humility, took on humanity, 100% God, 100% man. That's what we celebrated Christmas is all about, to celebrate Jesus coming down. But then he grew up to be a, a man, and he went to the cross. And on that cross, God placed all those sins that separate you and I from him, all of our past, all of our present, and all of our future sins that we will ever commit, the sins of humanity he placed upon Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross, and he paid for your sins. He paid your sin debt in full. He was your uh, substitute upon that cross. That is God's grace for you. God's marvelous, wonderful, miraculous grace that Jesus Christ died in your place. He died for your sins, paid your sin debt. And so now you and I can have a relationship with God. Jesus bridges the gap between us and God. But we have to accept that, and the way we accept that is by faith, by simply coming and saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. We all, we're all sinners, right? Say, God, I'm a sinner, and I know that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's God, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And today I put my faith and my trust in Jesus for forgiveness of sins. That he died on the cross for my sins. I accept his payment for me. And if you've never done that, please do that today. If you have questions about that, please come and see me because that's the most important decision you can make in your life. Put your faith and your trust and hope in Jesus because he's the unchanging God and he's our anchor in a world that is constantly, constantly changing. How many of you can give an amen to God about that? I mean, praise God for that truth, that he's our anchor this morning, right? He's our anchor. We can testify to that, how he's our anchor in our life, that we understand, we come to the point we understand that God's presence is unchanging, his purposes are unchanging, and his promises are unchanging, right? And that we know that he's all together with us and he will not drop us. He's not going to let us down. He never will. He's all together with you. Everywhere you go, no matter what you're going through right now in your life, no matter what it is, loss of a loved one, looking for a job, graduating college, going to college, hey, in retirement, looking toward retirement, empty nesters, looking for a new place, medical, whatever it may be, financial, God is all together with you, and he will not drop you. He's going to carry you through it. That's his promise for every one of us. 
He promised it to Joshua and Israel, and he promises to, to you and I today. I am all together with you, and I will not drop you. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what his promise. So that you and I can be focused and give all of our cares and all of our needs and everything to him so you and I can be focused on his purpose. And what's his purpose? That you and I might testify to his glory and his greatness of Yahweh, our great God, and so you, might, you and I might be an evangelistic witness for him wherever we go. Amen? Let's be busy this year. Let's put our hope and our trust in Jesus in 2024. Let's pray. Lord, we come and we praise you. Lord, we praise you because you are a great God and a king and you know all things. And Lord, as we face 2024, Lord, there's so many things that are unknown for us. Lord, we don't know what 2024 may bring financially, medically, physically. If ailment's going to come, health-wise, we have no idea. Loved ones, loss of loved ones, we don't know. We don't know what's coming around the corner for any of us. We don't know. We have jobs. We don't know how secure jobs are. We don't know about the new administration is maybe coming in Washington. We don't know what's going to happen in our government. We don't know many things, Lord, as we look around. We have no idea what's going to be happening. So, Lord, if we look around at external circumstances, Lord, we are filled with insecurity and, and fear. But we always have to remember that our God remains the same. Our God has not changed. He's still on the throne. Maybe new seasons, new transitions. It, it may be a new year, but God remains the same. That his presence is with us. His, uh, his promises are with us. And his purpose remains the same for every one of us and does not change. Help us to be reminded of that, Lord. Because every one of us this year, at some time, will be faced with something, Lord, or may cause us to doubt that when you come back to these great truths, that our God has us, and he's not going to drop us, that he's with me, and he's going to carry me through as long as I focus upon him. Help us, Lord, to be obedient through this year. Help us, Lord, to realize following you is the best decision we can make in our life every day, all through the year, that you promise to be with us and never leave us or forsake us all through this year. Help us to understand the great promises that you've given us, that you didn't give us these promises so we can just know them. You've given us this promise so we can live in confidence in your nature and your character, that it is unchanging. And you will not change your mind about us. You will not change what you have, your future for us, because your nature and your character is unchanging. And you are the same God, and you do not change. Lord, what relief and security that gives to us in our lives to understand these truths, because the world cannot offer security. The world can't offer us a future where we can put our hope in it. Only one that can do that is one who is unchanging, and that is our God, who loves us so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross so that we might have a relationship with you. Lord, I praise God for everyone who knows you as their Savior. And Lord, I pray for those who don't, that they may see today that they need Jesus. Lord, let this year, 2024, doesn't matter how old or how young we are, let this be our best year spiritually in you. No matter what external circumstances may come, no matter what external change may happen in our life, that our God would remain our center focus and would grow the greatest we've ever grown spiritually in our lives because you would stay in our focus and we remain to call, uh, be obedient to you and your word. Help us, Lord, to follow you. Help us to be obedient to you in every area of our lives. 
Help us to realize, Lord, each and every day how good you are. That the goodness of God ex exceeds anything that we're going through. That your blessings are there forever. That your grace is big enough and, and wide enough to help us in every area of our life. And your arms are strong enough to keep us, no matter what may come on our life. So let us sing of your goodness. Let us sing of your praise and your glory and testify to how great our God is. Because there's no one like you. There's no one who loves us as much. There's no one who cares about us as much. And there's no one who will be with us forever and ever and can make us the promises that are eternal except you. So we worship you. We praise you. Because you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our trust. And you love us. And so, Lord, in our hearts and minds as we sing this last song, that we might sing of how wonderful and amazing in the goodness of God. We love you, praise you. We ask all these things in that wonderful name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.